0: So this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, from the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became images of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of the severe suffering, with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell you how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath.
1: Thank you, Leah. Am I on? I hate, that. I hate starting with that question. Am I on? How are we all doing? Good to see you all. Um, if you are a visitor, you are ever so welcome. My name's Johnny. I lead the team here in, in Bogner. It's so good to have you with us. Um, We're going to be, if you are new, like I said this last week, but I think you could not have come at a better time in in, in Grace Church history. We're currently going through a preaching series on uh, our new vision of where we're going, what we believe God calling us to, where we believe God is, is calling us to. So you have come at a very, very significant moment uh, in, 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 the life of, in the life of Grace Church, and so uh, you are so welcome. It's good to have you. Um, one of the rules when you begin to preach is never to start with an apology, so I'm going to start with an apology. Um, I don't mean to offend, so sorry if I offend you with the comment I'm about to say. Um, I do not like Bake Off. I don't. I don't like it. I think it's pretty dull. Um, The other day, Kim likes to go to sleep with something she's watching at or I have to watch something and Kim falls asleep next to me. Like that's... (laughs) It's just white white noise to her. She can't start a film without falling asleep. Um, But the other day, um, we chose to watch Bake Off. And it's like the first time in a very long time I fell asleep before she did. Um, so it was good. But, yeah, I, I, if, I, if I offended you and you're a Bake Off fanatic, apologies. Um, I, I just, I like the idea of cake. I like eating, but I'm not a, um, I'm not a, I'm not a, a baker myself. I'm a bake eater. Um, and uh, I haven't enjoyed it in the past. And 13 series of Bake Off, too much for me. 13. How many times can you see someone make a cake? Um, why am I sharing this confession? I'm just going to grab the clicker. I've got given it, and I've got it. Um, so, the, uh, why, am I, why am I sharing this confession? Well, um, about 18 months ago, we were in a, in a leaders' meeting, and uh, someone shared about how, what the church should be like after lockdown. Like, what should, it, what should it be? What should church be? And uh, one of the leaders noted how the church needed to focus more on cake rather than on, than on icing. And uh, it's easy to get distracted by icing and something could look really fancy and, and pretty. Um, and, and we can do that in church life. We can make things look really slick and cool and fancy and all of that. But, but that's just icing. The smoke and lights are, are great. I, I like a cake with icing, but, but if the core of it, if the cake isn't nice, then actually it's not succeeded in, in being what it should be. And, and for us as a church, it's the cake at, at the center of our cake is, is the gospel. And so today, we're speaking into our new vision for Grace Church, and it sort of lines up quite nicely to to that metaphor of our, our church being cake and not just icing. And, and we want to we grow a church that prioritizes the main things and is, and is healthy. And uh, there, there might be some, like, some nice stuff. There might be some icing. We gave out some church merch last week. If you didn't get any, they are still available. The, uh, those fancy tote bags, you're very welcome. That's just icing, though all right? Um, they're, they're good. They're, it's nice. But that's secondary to the cake. That's, that's what we're focusing on this morning. So for Grace Church, our vision um, is, across our sites to grow a healthy church that enjoys the grace of God and declares and it demonstrates that grace to the communities we live. If you didn't hear last week, I do recommend that you go back and, and, and hear that. Joe outlined the whole thing, really. He, he, uh, he, he unpacked all of it, uh, and it, and it was significant. It really feels like, as a church, we're not in chapter two of Grace Church now. We're actually, cha- the, the part one, book one, is complete. We're now moving on to, to part two, and it's yeah, not saying that part one is insignificant. Actually, that sets up the tone and everything for what's going to happen in in part two, but that's what it feels like as a church where we're at. And uh, today, um, I'm not going to be focusing on the whole of our vision statement, but much more on that first bit to grow a healthy church that enjoys the grace of God. So we want to focus on, and and really, these could be two separate sermons in themselves, and the points that I bring out as well, they could be, separate sermons in themselves. So it is going to be a whistle-stop tour. I'm going to be going quick, so you've got to keep up, all right? And uh, and really, these are they're two different things, um, and uh, we'll cover them both. So we're we going to look at what do I mean by healthy church. We're going to look at that first, We we'll look at what Thessalonians says, and, and we'll, we want to be biblical in that. And we're going to also look at that enjoys the grace of God and how that's going to direct us as a church in, in where we're going. And then, at the end, like Luke said, we're gonna we're gonna come to a gift day moment, a giving moment, and we're gonna give into what we long for God to do among us as as a as a church family. So, got lots to get through. Strap in. Um, so the the passage that you just heard a moment ago from Leah was in one Thessalonians. It paints the picture of both these things. It paints the picture of a church which is healthy and is enjoying the grace of God. It's painting, it's painting both of those. The church in Thessalonia is, is healthy. It hasn't just got the icing. It's got right to the core. It's got its priorities right. And, uh, and they clearly enjoy the grace of God. So let's look at both of those. Firstly, what, what do I mean by healthy church? What do I mean when I say we want to grow a healthy church? Well, last week, Joe touched on it. Uh, and uh, he, he painted the broad picture, but I'm just going to hone in uh, a little bit. And all these points could be sermons in themselves. So, uh, yeah, it's, go, it's not going to be exhaustive, um, but it's, it's a list of a, of, a few, of a few things that just to give you an idea on it. And as we go through each of them, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a danger. If, we are, if we're not doing that, if we're not doing this characteristic of a healthy church, what's the danger That follows from that. So the first one is uh, if you've been around Grace Church a while, you may have heard this phrase quite a lot. Um, A healthy church keeps the main things the main things. It's that whole cake and icing analogy. The healthy church focuses on the cake. The Thessalonians, they are this, they're loving Jesus. They're they're loving one another, and where does their power come from? Where does does their motivation come from? It comes through the Holy Spirit. They are beautifully healthy as a church. And we can also see in Ephesians 1, 15-16, we get another example of a healthy church which keeps the main thing the the main thing. Um, And and that is by being faithful, being faithful to what we're called to do. So as Grace Church, that's what we want to be. Ephesians 1.15, for this reason, ever since I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in, uh, in our prayers. Faith in Jesus and love for all God's people, that is the main thing. That's what this is all about. That's what Sunday morning is all about. That's what we do in the week is all about. It's about staying faithful to Jesus, faithful to what God has called us to do, and praying that we will be shaped by being full of faith, being shaped by that, and being shaped by love. No matter how big we get, no matter how glamorous we get, no matter how many YouTube subscribers we could end up ever having, right, we're not in it for that. Yeah? We want to be marked by faithfulness, faithfulness in, in God and who he is. But what is the danger if we don't keep the main thing the main thing? If we don't keep the gospel and faithful to the gospel as the center point of, of what we do? If we don't do this, then the danger is we lack focus. That's why our, our vision is helpful. Yeah, it's not, it's not thus says the Lord, but it, it points us to making sure we are going for the main thing, the right main thing which will then uh, probably lead us to going in the right direction. But if, if we don't, if we are, are lacking focus, if we're not focusing on making the gospel front and centre of what we do, we then end up going off and thinking, oh, we need this ministry, or we need to do that. Or No, no, the gospel is where we, we want to point people to. Um, if you were at the camp out, you would have heard um, Chris Kilby's very encouraging word, on, on what we're to be as a, a church, what he sees us as a church being. He, called, he said we were a Clapham Junction type of church. And, and I just sank inside, to be honest, hearing this. It was like, oh, yeah, brilliant. It's, brilliant. it's not glitzy. It's not, it's not, a, pretty, not a pretty station. Um, and, uh, but think about it. If Clapham Junction went, oh, do you know what we need? We need to become an that's what we need to do. Or, or let's, let's build a soft play. That would, that would be a really effective use of our time. It would be pointless, wouldn't it? Like our, um, they, would, they wouldn't be faithful at being what they are. Yeah? Clapham Junction is a train station. It's not an airport. It wouldn't work well as an airport either. Could planes land? I don't know if they could or not. Anyway, going off on my own tangent in my mind there. But trains would start being late. Yeah? The trains would crash there would be, it would all, they would go to the wrong places. They failed to keep the main thing the main thing of, of being a train station. A healthy church keeps the main thing the main thing, the gospel front and center. Also, a healthy church is uncompromising in its submission to the Word of God, to the Bible. We want to be faithful to the Bible. We want to make sure that we are a church where everything is under God's word, that we are under it, that we are following. Where, where does this book lead us to go? Not that we're trying to make it up ourselves as we go along. 2 Timothy 3, famous verse if you've been in church before. All scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This book, the Bible, it's, it's not just tradition. all right. This is, this is above tradition. It's, it's above our experience. It's above our reasoning. In everything we do, we want to love. We, we want to we be guided by this Word of God. Yeah, we believe as a church, this is the Word of God. This is God speaking, revealing himself, what he is like, and to share that with people. So we're not going to be led by what is popular, yeah? What is successful, that doesn't mean it's irrelevant. We can use that, but what leads us is this word. Yeah, We, we follow what God says. It's not the main driver of a healthy church. We're, we're committed to submitting to what the Bible says. What the Bible says about justice, what the Bible says about sexuality, what the Bible says about sin, what the Bible says about heaven, what the Bible says about hell, all of those things and much, much more. And sometimes that's, that's really hard. It's a hard thing to do. And it can be unpopular. And, we, and what we've got to do as a church is we've got to navigate that well. We've got to do that really sensitively. We've got to do it with um, being sensible as well. So we're sensitive, we're sensible, we're just aware of the culture. We're loving people, so we do it lovingly. Yet we're making sure that the direction of travel that we're going in as a church and as God's people is directed by God's word. And the dangers, if we don't do that, is that we're led by something other than God. And it's most probably going to be the world telling us how we should be. We will have a a greater fear of man than we do of God. And we'll just cease being faithful. A healthy church um, is... Submitted to the gospel and God's word, but it's also a committed family. We're not a corporate function. If you look at the end of, of verse 5, it is a very simple phrase, but it's, it's beautiful. How you, uh, you know how we lived among you for your sake. They lived among one another. They were, they were involved in, in each other's life. They did life together. And that's what we want to be as a church. It wasn't just a weekly, I'm just going to go to a service. And, and that's, that's, that's not what they saw as church. It was part of it. Yeah, Coming on a Sunday is part of it. But it's, it's we do life together. They're committed to one another through it all. Their, their unity yeah, is, is being a family. They are united as a family. And sometimes churches can grow. And, and, and that looks great. really quickly, disunity can come in, and it begins to fester, because it's growing, the disunity is ignored, and we want to grow as a church, we said that, it's even, it's in our vision of what we want to do, we want to grow, but we, we can't ignore unity, we've got to make sure a healthy church doesn't just go, let's grow, let's grow, let's grow, and forget others, no, we want to grow, yes, but we want to be united with one another, we can make the cake look amazing, but you cut into its core, and it's it's yucky, it's not going to work. A healthy church doesn't ignore um, disunity. It works hard. We, if you are part of Grace Church, yeah, we need to work hard at being united, at staying family. If, as as Bogner site, we might have to work hard at keeping unity among the other sites of Grace Church. It might mean that you have to go to a prayer breakfast in Chichester rather than in Bognor. Just one practicality-wise, but, but also it just to keep unity. It might be that, that to keep unity in the Bognor site is that you get involved in a life group. If you're new, why don't you get involved in a life group? Join in and get involved in the family. Join life. Do life there. That doesn't mean I just go to life group and share my woes of the week. And then everyone says, oh, it's okay, you'll be okay. No, 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 no. We do it. We go to life group. We might share uh, if it's been particularly tough. And what we do is we say, isn't Jesus good? Isn't God good? And pointing people in the direction of where God is, pointing at who he is, yeah? directing one another to Jesus. What's the danger if we don't? What's the danger if we're focused on becoming corporate rather than being a family is that it... it, it Well, this actually makes the point clearest. The danger is we become a business. We become a non-profit organisation. I guess if you really wanted to be (laughs) like, what is this if it's not church? Yeah, we're not brothers and sisters then. Yeah, that's not what the Bible calls us to be. We're not fathers and mothers. We're colleagues and employees and employers. Instead, we have a vision to be a committed family, not not a profitable business. That's not what we're in it for. And the last one on Healthy Church. Healthy Church is dynamic. It's full of faith. It's, it's mobile. It, it moves. It's empowered. It's on mission. It's going forward. It's watching it grow. Yeah, that's, that's been at the heart of Grace Church since day one. Since we've started Grace Church, that's been at our heart. And when the apostles spoke to the Thessalonians, it wasn't, it wasn't just with words. Verse 5, our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. That sounds exciting, doesn't it? That sounds like a, an exciting church to be part of, one that's dynamic, one that's moving forward. We, we want to get the balance right. Yeah, it's true that we want to keep things rhythmic, keep it simple and consistent, but at the same time, change, change is here to stay. Yeah, that, that's, it, it, we, we all know that. And we want to stay on the front foot seeking God and willing to adapt and react to what, what he's saying, what, he, what we're thinking and, 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 and thinking creatively about how we can reach more people with the gospel. We want to do that. And the danger if we're not dynamic is we become dead. Yeah? If we're not dynamic, we become dead in our faith. We become a dead church metaphorically and then and ultimately... Literally, we've become a dead a church. We want life here. We love kids. Having kids here is just a great reminder that God is a God who loves life, who brings life. It's great having kids. It's yes, dynamic, dyna, dynamic, dynamic, that's the word. We want to be pioneering. We want to be taking ground for the kingdom. Okay, so that's just a whistle-stop tour of what a healthy church is. But, but we also want to be a church, a healthy church, that enjoys the grace of God. So we have a vision to be a healthy church that enjoys the grace of God. And we can't have all the features of healthy church without this. This is like, this is like the foundation that you, you build your healthy church on. Yeah, we, we, we want that. And so we, uh, what, we, uh, what do we mean by healthy church is that we enjoy the grace of of God. So what is enjoying the grace of God? So a few things on, on why, is, why is this part of the vision? Why do we want to pioneer that way? Well, firstly, the, the world says that, that our human purpose is to express ourselves. You, you enjoy yourself however you wish. Enjoy who you are however you like. And then we can think that Christianity says the opposite. That a human's purpose is to do what, what God says. Yeah? You, you work hard. You submit to God. You do what God says. And, and really, both of those are completely and utterly wrong. Yeah? The Bible says that Christians' main purpose is to enjoy God and his grace. And that's why, where it all comes from. An old question-and-answer book called The Westminster Catechism. It starts like this. What is the chief end of man? What's, what's the purpose of a human being? To enjoy God and glorify Him forever. It's our purpose. It's what, it's what God made us for. It's what God designed us for. And Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find rest in Him. The world is yearning and longing. We are until we meet Jesus. We're longing for that, and we only find rest when we are in him. Verse 3 is just an amazing description of that. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Their work, what they were doing, was uh, produced by hard work, no, faith. Their, their labour was prompted by, oh, I've really got to do this now, it's prompted by love. Their yeah, faith and love, they, they come first. They're not working hard for God because they have to. They're not, they're not working hard for God because, oh, they have to stick to the rules. It's because they're overwhelmed by God's grace to them, by, by, by their undeserved favour of God on their life. If you contrast it with Revelation 2, Revelation 2 is a, A real contrast to that. So, uh, I know your deeds, your hard works are very similar to what was said in 1 Thessalonians. And your perseverance. You have persevered and and have endured hardships for my name and uh, and have not grown weary. Sounds really similar. And then you get to verse 4. I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. There's a different tone, isn't there? There's a a difference between the two. One is rooted in the Thessalonians, is rooted in love and joy and faithful service because I love God and that's where I want to go. And the other one is rooted in this cold, just sounds like hard work, yeah, I'm doing it because I have to. It's not what we do. The church... John is talking to in Revelation 2. They have failed to keep the main thing, the main things, because they've forgotten to enjoy the grace of God. They've forgotten to enjoy who he is and what he is like and rooted in the love of Christ. God does not want our deeds. He wants our love. He wants our devotion. Yeah? We, God doesn't want our deeds if he doesn't have our love first. So enjoying the grace of God is our purpose, but it's also our joy. And that, that sounds quite obvious, doesn't it? Oh, well, I'm going to enjoy it, so there's surely joy in there, isn't there? But, um, but I want to, to be clear that we should be happy, yeah? Let's be happy being Christians at church on a, on a Sunday morning, yeah, because of what God has done. It was so good just enjoying God earlier in worship and singing all of those, all, all the songs that we sang, and, and I hope that people come in and go, oh, that a joyful church, aren't they? They're a happy church. Yeah, we want to be that. Yeah, we don't want people to think we're grumpy. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not what, what God's called us to, is it? Yeah, we've been saved. Of course, we're going to rejoice in that. I'm not saying that things are going to be easy, yeah? So it's not going to be easy, but we can still find joy in that. Verse 6, you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering. How did they welcome the message? With joy. How did they get joy? Oh, through the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Tough times, yeah, of course there's tough times. But is there joy? Yeah, that's possible too. We can fight they, they can work in tandem. Both are possible because we know that where what's at the core? Our oh, grace is at the core. The grace of God is at the core because we've got so much to be thankful for. We rejected God. Yeah, we we ran away from Him. Every single one of us, you and I, we have all done that. We told him, No, I know, I know better, I know how to do life, I'm okay, I've got this, and, uh, and yet he has run after us, he's brought us to himself, and when we come to him, he doesn't, he doesn't run away like we did, he, he runs to us, he showers his grace upon us, we have so much to be joyful about, so we enjoy the grace of God because it's our purpose, it's our joy, it's our privilege to do that, but it also glorifies God, Enjoying God's grace is not about us. It's about God getting the glory. It's about God being honored. It's about God being seen. What it, uh, this is what the Bible says and, and what brings the most glory to God yeah, is to honor him. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under comp- compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is just really helpful stuff. Yeah, this is helpful on giving, um, but the reason it's important is because God wants us to give to him cheerfully. He wants us to give to him out of our heart, which is just overwhelmed by, by his, his grace. And it's true in, in all of life. It's true in everything that we do. God wants us to serve him with everything in our lives because we know him, we love him, and we have enjoyed his his grace. John Piper says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Glad enjoyment of God honors him way more than duty. Glad enjoyment of God honors Him way more than duty. We are. We're going to come in a bit to a, a giving moment. We're going to give financially to God today and um, give what God, uh, what our hearts decide out of what, what you what you've got, but uh, not under compulsion, not under not under any guilt or anything like that. If you're if you're a visitor this morning. We're not doing a gift day because you are here. Just, just to clarify, right? There is, and there never will be, a, a compulsion in this church to give. But at the same time, this might be—if you're a Christian—this might be the chance for you to step out in a way that you've you've not stepped out in before, or you you've not fully understood before. I, I believe that biblically, it is better for us to give than to receive. And but to to do it. Because we're excited by what God is doing. We do it because it's a response of his grace. We do it because of him. Not because of anything else that's around. Not out of guilt. We are, this morning we're, we're looking for around 75,000 pounds to come in. And uh, to do everything that we can to, uh, as a church for what God's called us to. And that's a humongous amount. And uh, yeah, I'm just in my own heart, trying to work out what do, I, what do I have faith for? What do I expect God to do? And, um, and, and I'm, just, I'm just in faith that God will provide what we need. That's what I'm in faith for. I, I've not heard God say, oh, you, this, this amount here, this is, this is what I'm going to provide at the Grace Church gift day these days. No, no, no. I'm, I'm in faith for what God is going to do and what we need. Yeah, we want to be able to do more. We want to do more to serve the poor in Bognor. We want to do more to serve the communities around us. We want to do more to serve those who are, at, at the moment, just facing a, a horrendous winter coming up. We want to do more alphas. We want to, we want to do more fun days and things like that. We, we want to do those things but we don't want to be held back by not having enough money. I, I understand it's a tough time. On a personal level, it's, it's tough for all of us. I know it is. I feel it too. As a church, we, we feel it. Just practically, just to let you know, our, our electricity bill as a church for the Grace Centre has gone up from £5,000 a year to around £22,000 a year. We don't want this to mean we can do less as a church. And I'm not... That's not to guilt trip you, okay? It's not what I'm, I'm telling you this situation. That, it's the same for everybody, yeah? Giving cheerfully doesn't make it easy and it doesn't mean that it's safe. It means that we're excited for what God is doing so we are even willing to give un- until we feel sick, yeah? We have a vision to be a church that first and foremost enjoys the grace of God because that's our purpose, That is our joy, that is our privilege, and that's what brings the most glory to God. That's why enjoying his grace is in our vision. But what does it mean on a personal level? Well, also enjoying the grace of God involves discipleship. It involves being discipled ourselves to become obedient to the the will of God. Jesus says in, in John 15, Uh, 10 to 11, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as you have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be complete in you and your joy may be complete. Enjoying God's love, enjoying God's love, stirs us to obey him above ourselves. And as we enjoy God's love, we become increasingly obedient to, oh, that's what the Bible says, or or, or, or just being part of being part of his family. If you if you're like oh, I want to know God's grace more, I want to I want to enjoy God's grace more. Then, then we need to learn as disciples to be obedient to Him. Enjoying God's grace is, is not abusing it. It's not saying oh, I've got license to do whatever I like. I can do anything I like. No, no, it's it's saying no to ungodliness. It's saying no to to this, that, and the other. We get the complete joy of Christ as a result. When we are obedient to him, we just find so much fulfillment in who he is. We enjoy God's grace um, um, by discipling others as well. It's the whole emphasis in this passage. They enjoyed living among them for the sake of others. It's crazy to think that. that we, want to, we want to serve each other. We want to challenge one another out of a joy and a, and a privilege. I'm, I'm called to, to work for this church, and I get the great privilege of that, being released to, to serve the church. But it's, this isn't me discipling you. Right? That's, that's not what this is. That we, we disciple one another together when we are um, enjoying God's grace. We do it together because we're, we're for one another. And enjoying God's grace makes disciples as well. So verse 8 shows how enjoying the grace of God impacts the world around us. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. That word rang out. That's where you get the verb echo. Their faith echoed out all over the place. Yeah, Because of their faithfulness, because of the healthiness of the church, because of the grace of God on their life, because they're demonstrating grace to one another, they're discipling one another, people came in. People heard about it. They were like, whoa, that's what God's grace is like? That's what God's grace does? People were becoming disciples because they were enjoying the grace of God. We have a, a vision to grow a healthy church that never ceases to enjoy the grace of God and then declares and demonstrates that grace to the communities we live in. Uh, just, if, you're, if you're new to Grace Church, come for a while. Like, come and join us. Come, on, let's go together. Let's enjoy God's grace together. And, and we're going to get it wrong. We're going to make mistakes along the way. Praise God that he's gracious. But we, we, we just want to taste and see his goodness. We want to taste and see him and who he is. So what's our response this morning? Our response this morning is to enjoy him. It's to enjoy his grace as we go out and into the world, as we go and serve each other and serve others. We just want to enjoy him and his, his grace.